welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Krabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident Krabby Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Brittany, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Hey, thanks, Blake. I'm so pumped to be here with you today. So you are a registered dietitian and nutritionist, but before people are like, oh, here we go. Your passion and what you do and why you show up is helping people understand and discover and walk in their God-given worth and value. And that that's not based on what you look like or what you eat, or honestly, even how you feel like those things don't define you. Praise God for that. Yes. And amen. So tell us a little bit about what you do and kind of how you're serving people. Yeah. So, so like you said, I'm a registered dietitian, you know, by education, by trade, but I really, I really tend to prefer to call my services like recovery coaching because so much of the conversations that I have with my clients and students and just audience in general is let's talk about food from a neutral standpoint. Like Mm. let's get out of that good, bad mentality, morality standpoint. Let's take a weight neutral non-diet approach and then when people hear non-diet, they're like, you're a dietitian. What's, what's <laughs> diet it's literally in your title. <laughs> right, right. Which is unfortunate, which maybe sometimes that's why I like tend to say recovery coach instead of dietitian because people hear that and they're like, okay, you're the food police, right? Mm. Like, I feel like uh, my pastor regularly says, you know, when some, when he meets someone for the first time and they're like, what do you do? He like, wonders if he should say, I'm a pastor. And I feel like I do the same thing as a dietitian, especially if I'm meeting someone, you know, at a meal and they're like, cause immediately they look at their plate and they're like, don't judge me. Yeah. I don't know. No worries there. Right. Right. So, so I love getting to serve, getting to serve people really from a Christ-centered biblical perspective when it comes to looking at food, when it comes to looking at our body and definitely separating that your worth, your value, your identity has nothing to do with anything physical whatsoever. Yeah, that's huge. Because I can say as a 33-year-old who has walked closely with Jesus for 12 years, I still have moments where I have to like know, Blake, how your pants fit does not define what you are worth or your ability to show up or if you are allowed to show up. And it's crazy. Do you mind me asking how old you are? Yeah, I'm about to be 33 as well. Okay, I have like such a theory of like what media did to our brains, what it did to millennial brains. I literally was having this very spirited conversation with some girlfriends the other day. Do you remember when they told us Jessica Simpson was fat? Yes. She was like a size eight. Like no wonder we're all like, so don't know what to do with our own bodies. Like look at what they shoved down our throats for years. And that Lindsay Lohan and Nicole Richie, who were skeletors, that that was the picture of health. So like, I'm always like, let's give ourselves a beat 
give yourself some grace that this is jacked up because it was jacked up for you. Yes. And that's what, gosh, that I feel like that sums it up so well, because so much of the conversation that I have is society tells us this one thing and shows us this one picture, but they have no idea how that person got that way. Right. Like they don't know what behaviors it took to get there. They don't know their genetics. They don't know their mental health state. Yep. And when you're showing an image of something and saying this is healthy, you don't know what you're doing. No. Well, so I've all, we're talking, I love that we're talking about celebrities on a Christian podcast. It's fine. <laughs> but I've always really loved, and not so much in the most recent years, but I've always really loved Demi Lovato. And she's been, I've always loved her because she's been so open about her mental health and her mental illness and some of which we have in common, but also about her body image. And I loved her the most when she came out and said, when I was skinny and looked like Hollywood wanted me to, I was miserable. She was like, I was miserable. There's not enough people to say that. Right. It will admit that. Because she did, she looked great by society standards. She had the teeny tiny waist and the big old booty. And like, she looked like hot, very hot, but that's like not where her body is comfortable. Let's not even bring up the the conversation of like ideal weight and that we're not all supposed to hang out at the same place. But like when she came out and said, I was miserable, I was barely eating. I was starving myself. My brain was foggy. I was like, oh yeah, that's not worth it. Such a trade-off. And I will tell you, no one I have ever worked with that has been in a body that they have had to put so much time, energy, and effort into achieving that recovering from that, regardless of how much or how little their body changed, they said this, I mean, it was never worth it. I don't know why. And, and I hope that gives somebody hope because if you're struggling in that for that quote unquote ideal body or whatever you feel like your ideal body is, and you're just like, I don't have any idea what's different. Like, what's it going to feel like? What's it going to look like to do something different? I I promise it goes uphill. Yes. Well, and I have obviously like lots of thoughts because this is such a, this is a big topic and area in my life that I struggle with. But I literally was talking to my mom yesterday and was saying, I think the reality is, is if, if I don't love this body, how do I know I'll love a skinnier one? You know, like that's such a phenomenal question. And under the same, I guess, kind of under the same umbrella, like how much is ever going to be enough, right? Because if you hit whatever you think is like, okay, if I just lose X number more pounds, then I'll be happy. Right. right? Which I think that every day. (laughs) Yes. Right. But when you get there, you're going to go, oh, okay, well, no, now I've got this new goal. And I have used this example before with clients. Like I promise there's way more like weight loss, especially Mm -hmm. is a means to an end for something. Mm -hmm. Nobody Mm -hmm. ever just wants weight loss for the sake of weight loss. Because if you just said, Hey, I want to lose, you know, X number of pounds. And I said, okay, well, if you got in a car accident and you lost your arm and the scale went down, Mm -hmm. does that make you any happier about Mm -hmm. your body? Just seeing the smaller number, like there's nothing about a smaller number on a scale that's actually going to bring you true joy, right? Weight loss is a means to an end for something. So you've got to figure out like, what do I feel like is possible in yes. a smaller body size or at a smaller ever that's not possible now? Yes. That's a hard question to like, so I've been wrestling with that and I'm going to, Ooh, I don't know. Mm, this is like lots of vulnerability on my part, but I think I've realized recently that I think if I was in a smaller body, people would like me more. That's insane. That's so insane. It feels insane to say out loud. 
right? But when that's the constant thought, I mean, so many of our decisions are driven by fear of some sort, right? Mm -hmm. And if the fear is I'm not going to be liked as much or appreciated or accepted, then that's enough to drive the desire to change, you know, whatever you don't like, or to try to go for that thing that you feel like is better. So it's a, it's a real fear. It's a like, it is hashtag struggle is real, but you know, what's really crazy on the flip side is that I know I'm likable. I know I'm great. I know I'm fun to be around, but there's this like little voice in the back of my head that's like, but you were five solar. And I know I'm not the only person that feels that way. No, no. But the thing you also have to ask yourself with that is, okay, if people are going to like me more, how much are they actually going to like me in the process of getting to that point? They're not. When I have no energy and I'm distracted and I can't even remember, you know, I had this dinner date with my girlfriends because I'm so energy deprived. Right, right. Or I'm so moody. My mood's all (laughs) over the place because my brain has no carbohydrate. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a process. That kind of covers like, what does the world say? Or what does our brain try to tell us? What does God say? about our bodies and food and how we interact with those things. Tell me, please. (laughs) So many things. Right. So many things. I think one of the simplest and most direct places to start. And and I'm all about like, where's the first place in scripture that, you know, these things are brought up, right? Because you usually get like the truest underlying meaning there. And when you go back to Genesis, to the creation story, we're walked through like all these different you know, creation events, separating the land and the sea and the the day from the night, the light and the dark, you know, all these things. And God says, it's good. It's good all over and over again. Right. But it's not until the creation of man that he adds in that adjective and he says, Mm -hmm. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. Right. Yeah. So, and that's even aside from being made in his image, like that's, that's another thing too. Right. Right. But that is part of also what makes us very good. And there's so much of us besides like we could, we could take that besides the body. Like there's so much yeah. of us that is made in God, God's image. Right. But even just starting from that place, if you as a Christian decide that scripture is true, mm-hmm. right. Then inherently, if you believe one part of it's true, you've got to believe all of it's true. Right. Right. Cause you can't have like, okay, this counts, this counts, this applies to everyone, but it doesn't, but not to me. me. Right. <laughs> right. I'm the exception. Right. It takes me back to that. Um, what is that movie? Um, he's just not that into you. Yeah. Right. I'm going to bring this up because we're talking about celebrities. Like I'm the exception. I'm the exception. Yeah. We can't, we can't say that when it comes to scripture, we're not the exception. We're the rule, right? Like we are yeah. the always We're it always applies to us. And so I think that's one great place to start is to say, okay, if I believe scripture is true, then I've got to let my pride go. Right. And, and read that this is what God says. And there's no room for argument. Hey, yeah. Amen. He made us and it was very good. So that's that's just one place where it talks about our bodies. There's a lot of places too where it talks about being a good steward of your body and mm-hmm. how you can care for your body. And those involve behaviors that involve some action on our part. But for him just to say he made us and it was very good, we do nothing yeah. to get that description. Yeah. It was just created that way. So I think that is one of the very best places to go. Like Genesis 131, if you struggle with, and if, if you struggle with that, jot it down, take a picture of it on your phone, set it as your back, you know, your screen or something. That's good. That's a really great place to start when we're talking about our bodies. So do you ever get pushback from people that are like, 
oh, so you're just telling people they can do whatever they want and be unhealthy. Yeah. Right. Cause everybody has to take oh, yes. everything to extremes because there are people out there. Like, let's just be honest who don't steward their bodies. Well, who have gone away from God's original design and are incredibly unhealthy. And I think mm-hmm. it's this like holding both in your hands. So how do you respond when people are like, oh, so we should, it just like, doesn't matter. So your body, your body can still be good. The way that you choose to care for it may not always be great, right. right? But there's a difference because the way that you care for your body has no connection whatsoever to the value that your body is inherently given. Amen. So you may be treating your body in a way, whether it's through nutrition, whether it's through movement, whether it's through unhealthy relationships, interactions with other people, things that you choose to do with your body, that has no bearing on your body being good, right? Your health is different Yes, than your nature. Yeah. That's a good answer. I love when you can just be like, nope, no, like that's, it's not the same. It's not the same. I got a comment. I love that you asked that question because somebody, I think I shared a quote on Instagram not that long ago and it said something, something to the effect of, you know, our body's being good. And I got pushed back from a couple of, you know, just inappropriate comments about mm-hmm. these type of bodies are good and these aren't. And those conversations, I don't feel like are always worth having in the comments. Yeah. No, right. Exactly. <laughs> right. But it is, it's such a simple thing to go, okay, yes, we have responsibility for how to care for our bodies, but regardless, it's just like, we can't earn salvation, right? Nothing we can do is going to make us any better or less of a person. And it's the same thing with our bodies. I love something. And this was maybe a pastor or mentor said this like just recently in one of our services services. He said, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. Oh, and I, I love that. And that to me is just one of, it's one of those things that like, it hits me, you know, as a mom, because I have my kids, my nieces and nephews, like plastered all over my fridge, right? Like it's the place that everybody sees when everybody goes by. And so to be able to picture yourself and go, okay, regardless of what my body looks like, feels like, moves like, it's still good. And I think there's something really radical about believing that and letting everything else come out of that. So my best friend has one of the healthiest body image views of anybody that I know in real life. Now she's, she's beautiful. Obviously (laughs) I'm obsessed with her, but she is so comfortable in her own skin and so uninterested in what anybody else thinks about her. And I do think it plays in her favor that she is her husband's type and he can't keep his hands off of her. There's something to be said about (laughs) that for sure. I have that benefit as well. But when I'm around her, I'm more comfortable in my own skin and I'm like, oh, wait, like food and what her body looks like. And if she's worked out today does not run her life. And that is foreign to me, but there's, she's so free and she's so easy to be around and she's so accepting. And like, I feel obviously everything about her flows out of Jesus and that she loves Jesus. But as far as like body and appearance, you can tell that like the way she engages with herself and with the world, like she is completely uninterested. If you have anything to say about that, she needs to lose weight. She's like, I didn't ask. Thank you though. Like, and that's, a, that's such a phenomenal viewpoint and response because when, and this is going to, this is probably going to like, I'm going to, I'm going to push on a point here. It's fine. People pleasing, people pleasing 
is where so much of that comes from and our worry around what do people think about us? Because when, when you're less concerned, I'm going to say this, that it's simple, but it's not easy, right? right? There's a difference there. Right. The simplicity, yeah. The simplicity is when you're less concerned about what other people think of you and more concerned about what the Lord says about you and your relationship with him. Right. And that takes intentionality and effort. I'm not trying to say that this is just a a quick thing, but when you do that and you know where your value comes from and you're not trying to earn or work for approval or acceptance from other people, it becomes so easy to be comfortable. It becomes so natural because what Susie Q says over here or thinks about me or what I think she thinks about me, that may (laughs) not even be the case right? If that's going to impact how I see my body, then of course I'm going to be uncomfortable around other people. I'm going to be less connected. I'm not going to be as in the moment because I'm going to be worrying about what everybody's thinking. Yep. And so that is where that confidence exudes from because you actually have the mental energy and capacity to be present in the moment and enjoy other people. I will never forget like such a low point for me with this was, I don't remember if it was, it wasn't like this summer. It might've been last or the summer before but my husband and I went on a beach trip and I like psyched myself up. I wore the bathing suit. It was, we were like super lazy. It was walk to the beach, sit in beach chairs all day, walk back to the room. And it was amazing. We weren't, it was just he and I Well, somebody on the beach, like recognized me and came up and talked and it was great. And she was wonderful. And it was so cool. Like, I mean, it's, I'm not a big deal. So it is cool when people are like excited to meet me or whatever, have this whole conversation with her. It was wonderful. We go our separate ways. I sit back down and I'm so showing my cards in this episode. This is so painful. But the first words out of my mouth were, I wonder if I'm bigger than she thought I was online. I just got recognized in public by someone who enjoys my work and the sharing of my gifts. And the first response was, she probably thought I was fat. And my husband was like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Like, how is that? He, He was so blown away that those were the first words out of my mouth. And that did serve as a catalyst for some change. And I would say I'm in a better place now than I was then. I can't, I think it was last summer, but that it wasn't just that I sat down and said that it was that the entire time I was engaging with this person, I was thinking I'm probably so much bigger than she thought I was going to be. I'm probably so much bigger than she thought I was going to be. And like, probably wasn't as present or engaging or fun or like the, my true self as I could have been. And that robbed me and her of an experience. I'm super excited to announce that this August, we are firing back up our monthly membership called The Collective. The Collective is a community membership empowering you to navigate real life from a biblical perspective. I love this community and the up-close access it gives us to one another. We cover a quarterly topic with monthly calls and we all grow and learn together and it's just really awesome. You can learn more and get on the wait list at crappychristianco.com collective. So if you're like me and you struggle with any combination of stress and anxiety or being on your phone too much maybe even, I want to tell you about the Abide app. I love this app. Abide is the number one Christian meditation app in the app store, and I've legit been using it for years now to help me fall asleep, 
to ease me into the day in the morning. I've even used it like mid panic attack. (laughs) So it's based on scripture and it's audio meditations that center you and help draw you closer to Christ. So for a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off of a premium subscription when you visit abide.co slash Blake. So you can get started today with 25% off of a premium subscription by downloading the app at abide.co slash Blake. There you'll get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. And in the meantime, you'll be supporting the show and get 25% off when you go to abide.co slash Blake. That's A-B-I-D-E dot C-O slash Blake to download the Abide app and get 25% off your premium subscription. But that's the case so often. And and I love that you even like pointed out that your husband was like, what? Like, what was going on? Because when you're the one that's struggling with that, if the people around you, as much as they love you, if they've not been in that same place or have this really deep level of understanding, it's gonna almost even make you feel like, am I, am I crazy? Oh. Am I the only one that this happens to, right? And they certainly don't intend that, right? Right. But that's also one of those really frustrating things that when you're going through struggles with body image or when you're really self-conscious about, or when comparison comes up, Mm -hmm. whether it's food related, body related, or otherwise, when someone doesn't understand that and you're not around people who are open to talking about it, right. Who are going to have this kind of like straightforward conversation. That's I think such a huge area where the enemy tries to sneak in and go, Mm -hmm. see, Mm -hmm. You can't talk about this. Nobody else struggles with this because you haven't heard anyone talk about it. So something's wrong with you. Right. Absolutely. So what does, so for you, if somebody's listening and they're like, oh shoot. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. That's me. I've, I've been there. I am there. Let's say starting point is that verse in Genesis, recognizing that really all bodies are good bodies. What does like, what does that process. I know it's going to be looked different for different people, but like, what are some real, like tangible biblical things that we can put into place to start changing that mindset? So this is where I start with, with everyone that I work with. The very first thing that I've seen to be most effective is, and this is going to sound like you kind of just have to brain dump it, but you write down anything that comes to mind that you feel like is 100% true, 100% of the time. Okay. So this is what I would call like a a core belief, right? Like something, and now it doesn't mean factually that it's true or accurate, right? But anything that affects your thoughts, your behaviors, right? Because your beliefs are going to lead to a series of thoughts, right? You might have a core belief around, like I have a client who, um, one of her original core beliefs was carbohydrates are bad and they're going to make me fat, Mm -hmm. right? And so that triggered all, I mean, so many different thoughts around food and carbohydrate-based foods came from that thought, right? Those different thoughts are going to lead to emotions and feelings, right? The emotion is like what you experience outwardly. Like when someone says she's so emotional, right? It's usually because someone's very expressive or they're crying or, right? So that's kind of like our outward, what, what happens, right? And then we sort of inwardly, usually it's kind of, we express it first and then we figure out, okay, what do I feel that like made me do that? Yeah. Right. So, so you've got those beliefs. They're going to lead to a bunch of thoughts. Those thoughts are going to impact your emotions and your feelings. And all those together are really going to contribute to 
your perceived identity, Mm -hmm. right? Not your true identity, but how you see yourself. And usually it's the way that we see ourselves that affects our actions and our behaviors. So instead, what the world tells you is, okay, change, change the way you eat, change the way you move, change all these behaviors. But when you don't start at the belief, then you're just putting a Band-Aid on something, right? Like that would be me like saying, okay, Blake, if you, maybe you came in and you said, Brittany, I just got stung on my back porch by a wasp. And I was like, okay, well, like, let's put some Benadryl on it and a Band-Aid and go back out. You're fine. Yeah. And you go back out 10 minutes later, you're going to come and go in, Brittany, I just got stung again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the, ben, the Benadryl doesn't help, right? It might help with the symptom, but it, the cause is the wasp nest mm-hmm. stuck on the back porch, mm-hmm. right? And so you can put on as much Benadryl as you want. You can change all the behaviors that you want, but it's not going to change your, like, your actions and your behaviors and the way that you take care of and steward your body. You're never going to get to that place of my body is very good, mm-hmm. right? And that's even different than like body love. Right. Maybe I'll tackle that in a minute if we have time or another time, but uh, you, you got to go back to those beliefs. And, and a lot of times we have beliefs that we don't recognize are impacting the right. way that we take care of ourselves. Right. You might have a ton of beliefs around, you could have beliefs around your faith, around the world, politics, people as a whole, food, movement, whatever. Right. And so a really just kind of practical way. And I do this as an assignment with so many of my clients is write out those core beliefs, put some thought into them, right? Like you may have to yeah. cross out and go, okay, maybe that's not really a core belief. Cause I've only feel like that's hundred percent true. Like half the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So you jot, jot those down and then ask yourself, do I feel, do I believe that this particular belief is affecting the way that I treat myself or my body? Mm. And is this a belief that I would want to change? Mm-hmm. And some of those, you may have one, some, you may have the other, some, you may have both. Some, you may say, some of them, you may say none. Mm-hmm. Right. But what I find so often when I go through that exercise is there's so many beliefs that people will say, well, that doesn't affect how I treat myself or my body. And when we start digging in and asking some questions, they're like, Gosh, oh, dang no, it. that's, that's, that's why I only, that's why I only wear a one piece swimsuit. Right. Yeah. That's why, that's why I really think that this food is quote unquote bad because I saw my mom say this thing about it when I was seven. And then this other person made this comment. And so it's really, just not to say that like, <laughs> like everything you think affects the way that you treat your body mm-hmm. or feel about it, but there's probably a lot of things that you need to go back to. And you, maybe you need some help with that. It's like some yeah. of this, maybe you can do on your own and some, maybe you want some support, but that's where you got to go to start so that you can from that point, then you can start going through and saying, does this align with scripture? Are mm. there things, are there principles, right? You're not going to find a thesaurus or a, not a thesaurus. What am I, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a reference text, whatever, in the back of scripture for <laughs> right. every single question you have about food or nutrition. Right. But there's a principle for everything. Some right. of it is going to be spelled out and some of it, you got to go back to the principles and go, okay, how do I use this so that I am stewarding and honoring my body. And also so that my focus isn't on my body. Well, and here's the thing I'm sitting here kind of like smiling the whole time you're talking because there's so much truth. And I'm thinking about how much money I have poured into diet culture and diet culture thrives off of no one doing or saying what you just did. Right. Because if we all started at the, at the root nobody would sign up for the 
Nutrisystem. Nobody would sign up for the, you know, the whatever that's got them eating 800 calories a day. And like, yeah, you're losing weight, but at what cost? Because they'd be healed enough to have a relationship with food and with their body that maybe weight loss would be a result, but wasn't the goal. Yes. So that's the other question I get when someone hears me say like, I take a weight neutral approach, it's non-diet. They're like, at half the time, they're like, so weight loss is bad. You don't talk about it. Is it taboo? I'm like, no, I'm not anti-weight loss. Right. I'm not saying that you should, everyone should gain or everyone should lose or nobody, everybody should maintain, right? Everyone's body is different. But that industry doesn't treat everybody like they're different. It's a cookie cutter. And holy crap, you do not want to encounter me on an 800 calorie day. You just don't. I would be such, I'm such a mean person when I don't, my my husband, (laughs) my husband can tell. I, I will like make some snarky comment or be really short about something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, B, have you had, have you, have you had lunch yet? Have right. you had your <laughs> my husband, while we were talking, my husband just dropped a smoothie off because I'm in calls all like I'm in interviews all day today. And he's like, homegirl is not going to go through all of this without eating. Cause I don't want what's coming out of that office. Right. And, but it is like, I, and I have a friend like, I, oh my gosh, the number of things that I've signed up for because they worked for a friend. My friend's body is in my body. Yes. And even like I've had some close friends, some other dietitians, right? Who have gone through kind of like some fad diets or like diet sort of cycling, right? And even if our bodies, like even if I had a twin and we are genetically identical, you again, don't know their motives behind that. You don't know how their mental health is impacted by it. And ultimately how their physical health is. Weight loss does not equal improved health. Amen. For some people, they may correlate, right? But it's that difference in correlation and causation, right? Yes. Like one does not cause the other. Chances are, and that's why so many people think, well, I'll just lose however many pounds and then I'll be healthier. No. But what did you do to lose that weight? And are you sure those things are actually making you healthier? Because that's where so many people get stuck. Right. I know a girl who, and I've blasted Optiva a billion times. So like, I don't mind, I don't, I'll name names. I don't care. But like, I mean, I'm like, whenever I talk about it, I'm like, I mean, full offense. I not know if I mean full offense. Cause I think this diet is crap, but I know a girl who passed out multiple times on it. That's not healthy. Your, your brain is going alert, alert. I don't have enough. And you pass out. To, yeah. You look good. And yeah, you look good at what cost. I've had, like, I can't tell you how many women I have worked with who have come to me after being on that diet, that that was what triggered their eating disorder. Yeah. They approached it, not from the standpoint of, I have an eating disorder, or I want to go into this with that outcome, right? Like, I I genuinely want to do something good for my health, right? That's so, so often the, the original intention. Yep. But then maybe you don't realize what's happening along the way, or you start getting, and this is where I cannot stand to hear like body related compliments, right? Because if I'm walking around like at church, I have to, well, I guess it depends. I'm like, I'm, I'm fairly bold. So sometimes I will just say if the relationship is there and yeah. another person can hear it, I will say something about it. Cause, and I have to do this with my family sometimes, like, please do not make, like, don't even compliment somebody on their weight loss because you, 
so many of the women that I work with that do have eating disorders, or maybe they've never been diagnosed, but they are, that's the world that they're living in, right? Mm -hmm. May have started because they did something like Optavia and somebody started complimenting their body and they were already so undernourished that they were like, well, this must be the only way, or that means I have to keep doing it more. Yep. And those compliments just reaffirm their dangerous behaviors. Yeah. There's the, I've seen a, a trend on TikTok of girls sharing their journey from like being like pretty healthy weights to just becoming totally emaciated. And they share on top of it, like what people were saying to them about how good they looked and how proud they were of them. And they're like, I was killing myself. Like I was dying in the meantime. And look, I've just recently learned that in the last couple of like years, because I used to think giving that compliment was like the best compliment that you could give, which is so indicative of a super jacked up mindset, but it's true. It is very true. Like there have been seasons of my life where I was completely undernourishing myself and therefore losing weight. And people were like, Oh, you look good. And you're like, all right, it's working. It's like crack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like It's like, it oh, oh, cool. Got one. Okay. All right. All right. We're not going to eat again tomorrow. And then we're not. And then and that's just, it's so unsustainable. And to me, everything is about like sustainability. Most of these diets, whole 30, all that kind of stuff. It's completely unsustainable. And I don't want to live miserably for a period of time. And then like, as soon as I get out of that, I undo all of it. And I'm just miserable in a different way. I hear the same thing in a slightly different way too, where I'll have women that's, that'll say like, okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to lose the weight. And then when I get there, then I'll start, you know, learning how to eat more intuitively. And then I'll start once I get to that place but you have no idea what you're going to sacrifice in that process. Because even, even if physiologically that you didn't have any significant, like dangerous health things happen. And even if physiologically, like you lost however much weight and you maintained it, the way that your relationship with food may never be the same again. Yeah. The way that the things that you wonder about when it comes to your body image and your focus then people think like, okay, well at that point, once I've lost it, then I can rest, then I can relax. Mm-hmm. Right. But you're not going to, because no. then you're going to be focuses. Now I got to put all this energy into maintaining this. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's, uh, it's, this, it's, it's, it's just a trade-off. It's just a vicious cycle that I think most people are trapped in. Tell us a little bit about kind of like what you offer. I know you offer courses and one-on-one tell us about kind of what you're doing. So the thing that I have found is especially, I know we were talking about like, it's so easy to feel isolated in this Mm -hmm. because it's a vulnerable, scary thing to talk about. And when you don't have connection with other people and you don't have those like, oh, me too, you know, kind of moments, it feels, it can be so much harder to do what it takes to actually improve your relationship with food and your body and grow closer to the Lord and the process. So like, I do work with a lot of women and some men in a one-to-one capacity, but my favorite way is to work in a group coaching format. Mm -hmm. I love bringing women together and creating this community where not only can they like ask questions and get support and encouragement or education, but they can also, it's so, it's so fun for me, like to get on a call with these women and we do it every week and for someone to go, oh my gosh, I, I didn't even know to ask that question. That was so helpful. Or I thought I was the only one that has done that. Or, oh my gosh, I thought, everyone else who struggled with this was in a smaller body size, right? Nobody my size struggles with this too. And so that's so fun. So, um, so I provide that, that group coaching for 
specifically for Christian women, you know, college age and up, because I just, I like to keep people more in, in the mindset of, um, they're just able to connect better, right? Yeah. They're in a, a little different life stage where they're more independent, right? They're, they're taking care of themselves or, you know, with their family. And it's, it's just so fun to be able to see them say like, here's what my experience has been. Yeah. And then I had this, this like, aha, this yeah. week, like yeah, my favorite thing to do. I keep a little, y'all can't see this, but like, I keep a little bowl of confetti on my table oh. and we throw it, we throw it every week during calls to celebrate wins because so many, yeah, so many women don't have, like, they may tell their family, Hey, I ate pizza this week. And they're going to be like, that's totally normal. Like a oh, great, but if they haven't had it in two years, yeah. or they haven't had it even in a month, we get to celebrate that with them. And that's, that. that's so fun. So yeah. So that's something that's kind of my, um, one of my favorite ways that I yeah. get to work with women and that they get to really grow, not just themselves, but alongside others on the same journey. I love that. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for just sharing your heart and talking about something that's not always easy for people to talk about, but you definitely like make it easy. So I'm really thankful. Well, thank you, Blake. It was so fun having this conversation with you and I appreciate your vulnerability and, and honesty and talking about this. Cause I know that's not easy either. Yeah. Thank you. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the crappy Christian podcast. And Hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.